Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. Mike and Tracy Crane are awesome and our elders in this community and our church. I do, I do a similar setup every time, but there's people watching online that don't know and, and new people. Mike is a former uh, Georgia senator, had a lot to do actually with the heartbeat bill, really getting a lot of that influence. He's actually got some pretty, pretty cool testimonies of being a legislator in, at, in, in Georgia, a Georgia legislator. And you know, I'm not asking you to go into all this, but I'm making a point here in that even people who are in government can hear God and make decisions led by God that have positive outcomes. I know it's few and far between, but he's told some testimonies of working for legislation that's life-oriented, protecting life, or, or different things, and then just seeming miraculous type last-second things happen based on you felt like you just felt the unction and did it and it came, I don't remember what that is, but anyway, I appreciate Mike's ministry and just his heart, his calling. Personally, I think he's officially a prophet, called to this nation to speak and reinforce the principles of liberty and freedom, and has really helped me understand how to to sort out the stickiness of politics but recognize the framers' values of preserving our God-given rights and then trying to structure government where, first and foremost, our God-given rights are protected and then trying to keep government out of the way from then on, which hasn't really turned out so well as where we are now, which is why you have to do what you do. So anyway, you've got some practical things that you're going to do on the the table back there. So anyway, show Mike a little bit of love. Thank you. Thank you, Clint. Um, Pastor, I tell folks all the time, you know, I, I, well, first I want to just clear, clarify, I don't identify as an elder. I'm much younger than that. So I, <laughs> I <laughs> just, a, yes, please come up with anything um, other than elder. What's after that? It reminds me of that joke. Can I start with a joke? Yeah, that's right. Can I start with a joke? Yeah, our, our, our uh, church comedian, uh, that's a title, right? He says I can, right? So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, marriage is interesting. I heard this. I, I, I can't give credit to who I heard it from because I can't remember his name. But um, I think what's a sad comment on our society today is like 60% of our marriages end in divorce, right? I mean, that's pretty sad. In my lifetime, it has changed dramatically. That number was not so. It started, at, I think, and when I was born, the, the divorce rate at that point might have been around 20%. But you've got to think through the rest of the statistics. So that means the other 40% end in death. <laughs> I mean, I, neither option sounds really good, does it? <laughs> so that's a joke, folks. <laughs> you know, till death do us part, is that not even included anymore? Um, no, I tell you what, 
The greatest marriage is our marriage to Christ. I mean, wow, that we get that opportunity to just be, just betrothed to the Lord of all creation. I, I just, that's phenomenal. I'm so blessed to be able to come to church here, and I'm so glad many, so many of y'all chose to, to tune in today, to be here today, to hear from Clint. You got more in worship and in the few brief comments Clint gets than I spent years in churches absorbing. I, and I don't mean that to denigrate the church, but the church has made some missteps over the years. And, I mean, we can tell this by where we are ourselves as a, as a nation. If we look around ourselves as a nation, what the, the culture is currently reflecting how well the church is influencing our culture. How many of you would say we're doing a good job? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In the early 1800s, the, the New Jersey school board reported, or state school systems reported on the status of their, their school system. And it was just kind of a recap of how students were performing in school in general. And second graders in New Jersey in the early 1800s all could re repeat verbatim the entire Gospel of John. That's in their official report. The entire Gospel, right? Some of us might have a hard time finding it um, in our Bibles. And what I find is that we, we have become a little biblically illiterate as a people. Not, not in this room. I'm not directly talking to you. But I, I want to I set into you a, a, a hunger and thirst for righteousness. Clint talked about it. He gave us great instruction. Read, read the book of 1 John and, and read it in the different translations, you know. And you'll, you will glean things that will take root inside of you. And then they will color the world around you. Because guess what? Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Step in, let's step into the Bill and Ted phone, bo uh, phone booth. Glenn, do you know what I'm talking about? Thank you. It's a time machine, right? Let's go back to, oh, I think it was sometime in June, uh, prior to power. This old fellow had stepped, kind of risen to, to address the, the folks that were assembled there. It was in Philadelphia at a room that was not air-conditioned in the middle of June. And they'd been there four or five weeks. They couldn't even remember at this point, discussing what would be America, what that would be. And for those of you who think we are a secular nation, I offer you this. And I'll have to read it because I have yet to memorize it. But I'd do well if I did. Mr. President, he was addressing the president of the convention. The small progress we have made after four or five weeks, close attendance and continual reasonings with each other, our different sentiments on almost every question. Did you hear that? Our different sentiments on almost every question. Imagine if we started talking amongst. We would have different sentiments on most everything we bring up. Several of the last producing as many nays as A's is methinks a melancholy proof of the imperfection of the human understanding. We indeed seem to feel our own want of political wisdom, same we have been running about in search of it. 
We've gone back to ancient history for models of government and examined the different forms of those republics. How many have been told that we live in a democracy? That is, but how many, ref how many refer to our nation as a democracy? The government refers to They do, yes. Forms of those republics which having been formed with the seeds of their own dissolution, those governments were formed poorly with their seeds of their own dissolution, now no longer exist. He's saying this in 1787. And we have viewed modern states all around Europe, but find none of their constitutions suitable for our circumstances. In this situation of this assembly, groping as it were in the dark to find political truth and scarce able to distinguish it, even when presented to us, how has it happened, sir? How has it happened, sir? that we have not hitherto once thought of humbly applying to the Father of lights to illuminate our understanding. This coming from Benjamin Franklin, who is not the most religious of the group. <laughs> How is it, sir, that we have not done this? In the beginning of the contest with Great Britain, when we were sensible of danger at every turn, we had daily prayer in this room for divine protection. Our prayers, sir, were heard, and they were graciously answered. All of us who were engaged in the struggle must have observed frequent instances of a superintending providence in our favor. To that kind of providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our future national felicity. I mean, we don't speak like this anymore, folks. He recognized the, the great gift of God for them to even sit in that room in peace and discuss their future and what it might be like. To that kind of providence. Oh, wait, I, 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 I missed that. To that kind of providence, we owe this happy opportunity of consulting in peace on the means of establishing our national felicity. And have we now forgotten that powerful friend? <laughs> I mean, he even refers to God correctly, biblically. You have called me, what is Jesus? Right. Friend. I have lived, sir, a long time. Franklin lived much longer than many of his contemporaries. Few made it out of their 40s, and he made it well into his 80s and beyond, I think. I've lived a long time, and the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this, this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings, that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. We shall be divided by our little, partial, local interests. Our projects will be confounded, and we ourselves shall become a reproach and byword down to the future ages. And what is worse, mankind may hereafter from this unfortunate instance, despair of establishing governments by human wisdom 
and leave it to chance, war, and conquest. I therefore beg leave to move. This was a motion he set forth in the convention. And in a parliamentary procedure, he said, I move, Mr. President, that henceforth prayers imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business. And that one or more of the clergy of the city be requested to officiate in that service. So we're a secular nation. Very interesting. Now what you don't hear, that's pretty impressive. And that kind of leaves you pretty hopeful. The motion did not pass. They don't talk about that. It got seconded by Mr. Sherman out of Connecticut. But the motion itself did not carry. And then they made the great parliamentary move that they would do in the Senate all the time. If they didn't like the way things were going or the direction things were going in, if, if leadership was losing control of the process, they'd motion to adjourn. Okay, this is going bad. Adjourn, adjourn, and, it doesn't, and then you're done. And the business gets called off. But what happened with Franklin's words, though they did not adopt it, it was a preacher, a Presbyterian one at that, out of North Carolina that objected most strenuously to the motion. He said, we can't afford it. We don't have any money. I mean, as a convention, this was his argument, right? And that day they paid their preachers to, to, to work. And so you go, is, was it lost? Were the people godless? Was that it? No, what happened was what Franklin did was he planted a seed in the hearts of those people. And, there were, and because the vast majority of them were believers, Christian believers, the Holy Spirit worked in their hearts. And a few days later, as they re came back into it, all the divisions started to fall. And they found the way to see how do we deal with all the competing interests of northern states, southern states, coastal states, non-coastal states, big states, little states. How do we deal with the competing interests of that to form a government that represents the people, a limited form of government that would represent the people? Well, by God's grace, and I think from that prayer, from that request for prayer, it set men's hearts to prayer. What's interesting about what he said, Benjamin Franklin, in his speech, and, and he just, it was one of the few times he actually got up to speak in the convention, because what was interesting, he would generally write his notes and have somebody else read them as him, as I just did. It would have been a great honor um, to do that. But he said these words himself. And what's interesting in all those words, you know how many scripture references there are in just what I read? 14. Now you can understand why second graders in New Jersey in the early 1800s could quote the entire Gospel of John. What was the number one book for most? Well, it's still the number one book in human history. It's the Bible. You know, when Jesus was on the, uh, the, doing the Sermon on the Mount, he was just talking about all kinds of things and really getting to the crux of what it is to live fully. You know, he wasn't laying out the rules against what you shouldn't do, but he was trying to direct you to what you should do. When it came to prayer, it was pretty straight up. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
give us this day our daily bread. Do you think he was talking about food mostly? I, I mean, sure, eat. We all like to eat. I think he was talking about that thing. He said, you know, man does not live by bread alone, but by that proceeds from where? Right, from God. Wow, what a blessed nation that'd be. That if every word that proceeded out of our mouth, I mean, Franklin, that entire discussion was basically scripture. I mean, other he kind of set up what he was going to say, but then when he got to the point, it was all scripture. And he didn't do scripture references because everybody knew what he was talking about and from whence those words came. Patrick Henry's great speech, give me liberty or give me death, right? This is one all of us would say if we got a chance or we would like to think we would. Right? 14 scripture references in 14 sentences when he spoke. I mean, it's just what came out of them. And how is it we think would they, coming out of their own hearts, would develop a secular nation separated from God? Franklin said, how does a nation rise without his, his understanding and his continence and his intention? So here we are. We get, we're a month away from an election, Right? In general, these type of leaves are what we call off-year elections. It's non-presidential. So turnout is higher or lower? lower? It's lower, right? The average turnout for presidential elections over the past 20 years is just in the 50% range. This is of eligible voters. When I look around the room, with the exception of one young man, I think everybody's an eligible voter. No, two young men. Our eligible vote, maybe three. <laughs> Our eligible, you're close though, aren't you? Um, are eligible voters, except for Sam. He's a felon, I think. I just, where is he? Where is Sam in here today? <laughs> I can't get up here and talk without picking on Sam. You know I love him, right? He is not. That's not true that, that I know, right? <laughs> that I know. <laughs> it's not true. Thank you, Pastor. Clarify. Um, eligible voters. But think about it. So in an off-year election, that turnout's even less. Maybe 40%, maybe 38%, right? How many does it take to... The, the democratic process we use in our republic is voting, correct? The majority wins in Georgia. And so that means just half the people end up deciding, half of the voters at that point end up deciding what the next couple of years look like, what the leadership looks like for the next couple of years. And that number is, that half of, of half of certain part of whatever is basically one out of five voters actually decide. And in off-year, that's for presidential elections. In off-year elections, it's one out of eight. That's pretty narrow. That's narrow. So my point, what I'm getting to, because I know you're all biblically literate and you're not putting that bread in your heart every day. You know, when he talks about that hunger and thirst for righteousness, I mean, have you ever grabbed your Bible and you actually felt like you were about to, to partake? I mean, it actually felt, you felt like you were about to get nourished. I mean, I, I, it's that way for me. Um, that's why I appreciate a leather-bound Bible. It's just, it's just something about the feel of that, and I just feel I'm about to pick up nourishment. But we've got a duty coming forward, an opportunity 30 days from now, or shorter because of early voting, to vote. And so I would say, how many of you are, know that you're currently registered to vote? 
And that's almost 100%. And so what we're going to do if you're not, I think, you know, the Bible says that there's certain responsibilities that come with being a child of God, right? I mean, it doesn't explicitly say get out there and vote. But it says the sluggard doesn't, what it, that doesn't eat, right? I mean, if you don't do certain things, you're not going to eat. If you don't vote, you're not, the principle applies. If you don't vote, you really don't have a say in your republic. I mean, wouldn't you want to at least think you had a say whether you believe the, vote, the election's secure or not? There's a lot of people say, I'm not going to do it. It's all rigged. It doesn't matter. How many hold that view? You don't have to roll your hands. It's, it's, <laughs> but will you still vote? No. Well, you should. All right, well, well, we'll work on that. We'll talk, you and I'll talk afterwards, <laughs> right? We have a special bus for you. So, <laughs> it's a limo, yes. The, the obligation is on us. We don't decide the outcome, but at least we have the duty to do. What, what was this, the, the, the famous quote, I think, uh, I can't quote this guy either, but it was, for evil to prevail only takes one thing. For good men, good men, good men to do nothing, right? Ours is to do. God takes care of the rest. So I would encourage you to vote. I mean, just, and if you're not registered, Tuesday's the last day. So on the back table back here, I've got voter registration forms. John and I will get our laptop set up, and we can actually help you get registered today. It doesn't make you, it doesn't automatically tell you how to vote. I'm not going to tell you how to vote because I know that the, the spirit within you will guide you. You don't need me to tell you how to vote. The spirit of the Lord is in you. It says you have no need that any man teach you anything but that the spirit of God reveal all things to you. The beauty of having the Holy Spirit within us is we have an automatic truth meter. True, untrue. True, untrue. But it that's most effective when you have the Word of God established in your heart. So I encourage you, become biblically more literate. Make it so that when you open your mouth and speak, it's almost like just the Word of God pouring out and speaking life into people's lives. Hear what they say. Ask them at the register next time you go, how's your day? How often do you hear a scripture come out? Every once in a while you'll hear somebody just casually say something. You know, yeah, blessed to be stressed, right? What was that? I mean, that's not a scripture. <laughs> but people will, but they will respond to the life that comes out of you. I promise you that. Though Franklin didn't get his motion passed that day, I guarantee the seeds he planted as he spoke life, 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 time and time again to that convention. What was it? It did produce. It did produce the greatest written constitution in the history of, of man. How do we know this? The average length of the lasting written constitutions in the world today is 17 years. Longest in, so they have lost, they have lost their way because it's just constantly being molded by the culture around them. That's why almost all of the great cathedrals in England stand empty. I don't want our, our, this cathedral to be empty, right? 
we have so much we can do. We get to influence the government that, that we complain so much about and make that voice known at the ballot box. And so I encourage you, when you go to leave today, if you need help, we've got forms. You can fill them out. We'll do it online. It just takes a few minutes. It's just name, address. You need your driver's license if you have it with you um, or ID of some kind, and we just get you registered so that you can vote. Because if you're not registered by Tuesday, or if, and this happens if you've changed your name, if you've um, moved since the last time you voted, you need to re-register because you're, you've, you know, there's different jurisdictions you vote in, and so that address is very important. But Tuesday's the last day. If you fill one out with us, we'll ha gladly hand deliver it to the county registrar um, for you on Tuesday to make sure that they have it. Um, but I, I just, I, I want to give you the tools to do something. I mean, that's important. I think being, being able to do that is a gift God has giving up, given us, you know? Because what's the other option? So that we can, we, with Franklin said it, we can either peacefully decide, you know, what form of government we shall have. And every election is that question once again. You know that? I mean, it really is. Every election is, we're like at the Constitutional Convention. We all want to just say, oh, okay, I wish I was there because I'd have done this or would have done that. Every election is that. It's a referendum on who we referendum on who we are as a people. Is this the covenant we've made with one another for our form of government? Or will we let someone else decide that it's another? 60% of millennials believe socialism is okay. You know what the largest voting block is about to be? It's that group. They know this, they think this because that's what they've been taught. Because while we were standing guard, we let them pull Bibles out of school. We let them murder babies in the womb. While we, when I say we, I mean me, my age group. We let this happen. Because we weren't on the rampart. We weren't standing at the, at the point. You know, Chesterton had a great quote. He says, a good soldier is one who fights not because he hates what's in front of him, but because he loves what's behind him. Are we moved enough by love to stand up and make the difference, to be on the rampart, to, be, to advance the kingdom of God? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So partake, friends, of your daily bread. Build a, rich, a, a, a habit into your life. Make it a good habit of pull, getting into the Word so that the things that come out of your mouth is not what Fox News said or CNN said yesterday, but it's life. That you might have life and have it to the full. I love the word abundantly, but it also says to the full. Man, we've got so much to offer. Let's just get out there and do it. But don't miss this. This, this is important. This is our constitutional convention. You know, everybody showed up except who? What state did not show up at the constitutional convention? Free lunch. Okay, no takers. You could have guessed there were only 13. What did you say? Delaware. Wrong, Rhode Island. <laughs> but they're very close, right? 
No. Anyway, I won't make a Delaware joke. I'm sorry. I almost went there. I almost went there. Anyway, I won't do that. Um, guess who didn't have a voice in it? Rhode Island. I mean, eventually the people got to vote on the ref, you know, referendum of the Constitution, but they didn't. They had no say in the matter. Maybe they just didn't need to be there, whoever, they, whoever their two delegates would have been. Maybe they weren't needed to be there. I don't know. But you are needed to be there. You show up at the convention and you vote, right? Well, however the Lord leads you. And then you won't be sitting there wondering if you'd done your part, at least in that arena, right? And there's more to do. Don't you ever, don't get the impression I'm saying, all you got to do is go vote. No, I want you all running for office. That's the next thing. <laughs> I want to see every one of your names on the ballot. Now, just ask me. <laughs> Tracy says, how do people ask or educate themselves so that they might know who to vote for? And I, I smartly said, just ask me. I don't mean that. Um, the hard part is don't go to Google. Um, we will get some, I'm going to get access to some vote voter guides that, produce, that we'll put out at the church, I think Clint's reached out to a few, that are put out by some um, biblically-based organizations that talk about issues and talk about candidates and how they relate. It's very helpful information. And so we'll have those here in the church, and um, we'll, we'll make some more of that information available. But if you Google... It, yeah, if you'll... Go, go ahead on that. It's not going to tell you who to vote for. Right. What it does is it shows you who's running and their stances. Their position. Side by side. And so that at, at that point, it's, it gives you how do I relate to it? How do I relate biblically to those issues? Yeah. And that's essential. Yeah. And then you make that decision. Um, but but that's, there, there is a website that will tell you who's, who's running in your local area, right? Well, well so you, the you problem is that the, as you, most of the voter guides only talk about the top races on the ballot. Seldom do they get below the congressional level. And so much of that's important. And yeah. so it's really hard to know some of these folks. Um, so honestly, just ask somebody you know in that community. You just, if you don't know, ask. At least go to the candidates' websites and see what they're trying to tell you about themselves. Yeah. And but most of them have a contact information. Call them. The, or the organizations we've looked at is um, family Research Council, mm -hmm. and then Million Voices, not a million, but millionvoices.org, uh, you know, just to start to get educated. And, and I'll say, um, you know, in my, in my younger years, it's like, it's all corrupt, it's not worth it, it's all rigged, don't even worry about it. And then it's like, uh, okay, well, you know, let's just have a spiritual view, I'm just going to be about the kingdom stuff, and you know, forget that political stuff or the world's all going to burn. And, th and then it's like, you know what? I've got kids. And it seems to be this thing's going to keep on going here. Mm -hmm. and, and, and being aware, being active, it, I love the quote. You know, it's not about hating who's in front of you. It's about loving who's behind you and protecting that. Yeah. And, and what I appreciate about the way Mike presents all this stuff is it's not political party stuff. It's not demonizing a, a people group. You know, the socialism gets mentioned, and, and which caused me to dig. I started reading about Marx and understanding how Karl Marx's ideas were just to hate God and hurt God's people 
and a lot of that stuff is agenda driven, you know, so it, it can get polar. But I get, I understand that something like this gets talked about and there's a wrestling on the inside because we've been indoctrinated politically and we don't know how to think about civics from a spiritual perspective. It's hard to, I mean, you're, you're, you're trying to sort these things out and, 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 you, and it, it becomes political, you know what I mean? And, and, but so I appreciate you, the way that you talk about it, because I don't know, it, it, just, it makes it clear, it helps me see, and it, and it inspires and empowers and educates. So, yeah. Did you have anything else? I didn't no, mean to cut you off. Please. Talking about there was a Oh, yeah, so if, if you want to do it on your own, I would encourage you not. If you need to get registered, let us help you do it, because if you're like me, I'll forget about it till Wednesday, and then I'll go, yeah. oh. Tuesday, if you yeah. want to vote, Tuesday's the last day to get registered. Right, and so there is a portal, sos.ga.gov, um, and you can go there and find my voter page or register to vote. And you can go on there and check to see if you're registered and if your address is correct, and then... Um, see when the last time you voted was it, it'll show you your voting history too also, so that's kind of cool writing, oh yeah and then you yeah. can print a sample ballot so on, if you, on sos yeah and so what's more, what's helped what, what sos.ga sos.ga.gov all right pretty simple and you can print out a sample ballot which is pretty helpful because usually the ballot's longer than you expect it to be and there's all these questions on there and you go wait a minute so i didn't you, know so that you was get a sample because i want to go slow because i'm still learning <laughs> So there's a, there was a sample ballot on this website here, sos.ga. When you, when you drill into your voter page. Okay. So when you go in and check your status as so a go voter. go this and then put in your zip code or something like that, probably. Yeah. No, no. You, and you go to elections. Elections. <laughs> my voter page. And then over to the right, it'll say MVP, my voter page. You put in your last name and your date of birth and. Okay. And, and the county you live in. So that, those are the three people. Okay. And then you'll see sample ballot. You can Would you post in Facebook all these steps? The, yeah. We have a Facebook group. Post all those steps. MVP to the beginning of that. MVP.SOS.GA.GOV. Okay. So add MVP dot to the beginning of that. SOS.GA.GOV. All right. Final and it's a good, the good thing about that is for those of us that think we're registered, you want to make sure they have the right address aligned with where you currently live and just make sure that you're in there like you expect to be and for some reason have not been, I mean, they do make mistakes sometimes, not intentionally, but you might have been removed accidentally yeah, and yeah. you want to know before you get to your polling place. And the polling places have changed because of redistricting. So you might be assigned to a new polling place and that'll show up on that same location. So it's, it's just your opportunity to join the Constitutional Convention. Yeah. Right? So let's just do it that. It matters. You know, oh, man. it's, 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 it's uh, even if you think it's all corrupt and not worth it, or your end times view is it's just all going to get dark, it doesn't matter. I, I, I want to challenge that way of thinking. I'm not necessarily challenging your eschatology, I'm just challenging that way of thinking, of checking out because of thinking it's not impactful. Um, I, and, you know, because it's almost 50 50, the jury's out, but, but it's like we got to give it a shot. So. Yep. You appreciate Mike. Show him yeah. some love. Appreciate you.
not not sure how many churches are going to get Benjamin Franklin quotes, but I appreciate that because it because it does it re, you know because there's been a narrative to shape to 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 throw out the Constitution because some of the framers had slaves, like that like that's the base argument in some areas, and it's like slavery is the worst idea on the planet ever. But it's like, just because these people were horrible in some ways doesn't mean that every single idea was bad. And it's, it's difficult. It, you know, we have to think nuanced and get sort through that stuff and preserve what is valuable, you know? Well, so we can do that through relationships. We can do that yeah. through communicating. It, the relationship, it, it's, yeah, we can, she said we can do that through relationships. And just, just talking to Mike about these things has helped me think more maturely is how I characterize it for myself in these areas. I'm not saying you're immature if you don't hold these views. I'm just saying for myself, it, it's been helpful. John, you want to help him? He looks like he's working on the computer over there just to make sure. So anyway, swing by there if you need help with that. Let's stand up if you would. Just keep your attention on him. We have a prayer team that will come forward. And if you're in the room today and you're not sure, if you're a believer, you're not sure that you, your salvation is secure in Christ, we want to offer an opportunity for you to come up and talk to these guys. They'll walk you through. We have a gift for you. If you want to step into the gifts that are available from the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, speaking with your spirit, come up and talk to these guys. Or if you just need any kind of prayer at all, these guys will pray for you today. And we, got some, we have a prayer training coming up because I know people, more people want to be involved in the prayer team and just being equipped to pray for each other. Prayer is powerful. Pray for our leaders. You know, I mean, you, I'm telling you, if you feel like it's worthless and it won't make a difference, I challenge that thinking. I really want to challenge that thinking because prayer is powerful and it's impactful and it can make a difference. You know, don't pray from fear. You're not praying from lack. You're not praying from trying to force God what to do, but you're collaborating with the Spirit in that realm making a difference. So, all right, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the amazing worship today, Father, man. I'm, I'm just lifted up. I'm encouraged. Thank you for the opportunity to gather. Thank you for the liberties that we have in you. Thank you, Jesus, that through you, you've given us understanding and that we can know you. And I just want to know you. Just, just set the intention of your heart today as you walk out of here. I just want to know God. I want to know you more. I want to know you intimately. I want to experience you I want to know how you think, Lord, about everything, and I want to expose my heart to you to where when I'm faced with anything, your word and your logic just comes out of me, where I'm full of you, making an impact on the world around me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, you guys have a great week. Love you guys.